Okay, well, we'll go ahead and get started. I mean, people might show up, and by people, I mean Patrick. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Doc. Well, Doc's streaming uh, fighting games. I, I was playing games with him for a little bit. Well, in that case, okay, we've kind of severely limited our audience. Exactly. Um, Basil might show up. If he's, go us. If he's, yeah. Go medium. Um, <laughs> Wish I could talk to ghosts. That'd be sweet. Okay. Uh, uh, we're retards. Yeah, we are. All right. Well, give me a second. We'll go ahead and just start. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast that uh, stays crunchy in milk and won't cut the roof of your mouth like that other podcast. You know the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just the... like you just set us up for some slander. I did. No, I did. no. He well, okay, set up, yes, but but he didn't drive it home. That is Chad's job. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it could be the one with you know the uh, the ship captain on it. Hmm. Just saying. Um, Maybe. Anyway, uh, it's been a while since we posted the last episode, and by God, we need to stop going to conventions so we can do an episode where we don't, where we can go full episode where we don't talk about convention. That's not going to happen this episode. Probably not going to happen the next one because uh, AWA is right around the corner, and then yeah, GMX after that. So it'll probably be around Christmas, and usually around the holidays we just shut it down. So <laughs> yeah. who knows? It, we, this this streak might go into 2013 or something. But, but yeah, the Chainsaw Buffet crew uh, goes to the Bahamas for its uh, for its Christmas vacation. Goes to the North Pole, meets Santa. Well, now here's the weird thing, though. If if we ever stop talking Friday. about about conventions. There's a good chance we're gonna veer off the main sweet spot of like anime and geek stuff, and um, or at least I will. Like I've had notes in Evernote. I, I cleared them out a while back that were just gonna be like all over the freaking place. I I'm telling you, I've I've been teasing this for a while. We all just need to sit down and watch There Will Be Blood, and then do a podcast on it. I'm 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 for this. It's gonna be an hour and a half of me screaming Daniel Day Lewis lines at the top of my lungs. I have questions about that. <laughs> those questions I'm will uncertain. be those questions will be answered when you see the movie, and you'll understand why. No, uh, I, I have questions about the efficacy of this this idea um, of yelling. Yeah. It just, yeah, just trust me on this. It's gonna be great. You just haven't seen the movie. You don't know. It's a proven fact. Yelling is the most efficient way to communicate information. It's true. Uh, it is the fastest, most efficient, and loudest. Wow. Um, yeah. It, if there was a way to yell on Twitter, um, you know, all caps fan. All caps. Just you know, I just ignore that shit. I, yeah. it, it doesn't have the same effect of you know actually yelling at someone. I think it did once upon a time, but now we're so used to it. But since people are now no longer used to communicating in person, yelling has become even more effective than it originally was. It's super effective. Actually, I think talking in all caps is more like giving someone a free shot to like attack you for yelling in all caps. It's one of those... 
the internet has done away and, and modern culture has done away with so many of these kind of useless pieces of etiquette and we started creating our own and that's one of them you know what i'm okay with that um i'm not a fan of tradition i never have been and i'm being completely sincere about this i've never been a fan of that's the way it's always been done being the rationale for doing anything no, sure. but my point is now you don't yet you don't type in all caps. Is is part of that? Like it no longer means yelling. I don't think. No. Uh, I just yeah. <laughs> and Dylan co- killed the conversation. I'm giving Dylan the kill on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to talk about because since we last recorded, um, had the good fortune of getting a tablet. Uh, did I? I didn't purchase it. Someone got it for me, but um, someone who will remain nameless and an asshole for showing the rest <laughs> of the, wow. for showing everyone else up. Yeah, that's that's fact. Um, I, I will troll him forever <laughs> now, like you wouldn't before. I would feel bad about it eventually. Now, no longer. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that this <laughs> is giving you something to really focus I, I on. think. By this logic, we need. I need after the show. I need to send you like a a line by line itemization of everyone you troll on Twitter regularly, and ask your rationalization for those. It is literally everyone that I follow. Okay. Anyway, tablets go. Um, I think I've had this conversation on the podcast maybe years ago, but I tablets have this. Uh, difficult to grasp place in the technological world because for the most part they run on similar if not identical platforms to mobile phones and use a lot of the same apps so what you're really dealing with here in principle is a a smartphone with a bigger screen that can't make calls you know except for skype um so i always found it difficult to really get on board but now that i have one um I can't say that's changed my life, but at least changes the way I look at mobile technology. Um, Because certain apps that uh, aren't especially great on mobile phones because the screen is so so small really shine on a a bigger screen. Um, Mm. Evernote's one. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kind of used it for grocery lists, but... Um, you know, having it here just kind of in front of me that I can carry it around and yada yada instead of having to, I don't know, it's it's just different to have a physical screen in your hand instead of having something up on a computer. Um, it's really useful for, uh, you know, if you're doing something somewhere else and you don't want to have a laptop with you, um, you don't want to lug that around. And, you know, maybe you just want to watch YouTube or watch Twitch TV or something like that. But It's actually, I find having a tablet is good for a lot of use cases that are somewhere, like, it's good for recipes. Yeah, It's good for cooking because, you know, you can bring it into the kitchen where it would be awkward to carry around a laptop, but where using a mobile phone would just be kind of awkward because you have to scroll a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, also, like there's a uh, there's an app for Ultimate Guitar, and that is really useful because, like, you don't want to have to scroll like every ten seconds. Um, I've never been a big 
uh, proponent of things like, say, Kindle, but um, I have a copy of um, several books um, that I got from the same person that I got the tablet from, and it does make, especially books that uh, are in larger format, you know, like these big, clunky books that are a pain in the ass to to kind of sit down and read. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to grip, you know, especially like thicker technical manuals that you have to sort of have a vice grip on so that the pages don't go flying. It's a lot easier to read it on a tablet. And I've always been a fan of, you know, kind of the uh, Forgotten Realms-sized uh, paperback novels. So it's mm. it's it's interesting for that. Um, I will say the few times I've used either my phone or my tablet to read, I really like it, but for some reason I just haven't made the jump. And I, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, if it's a book I really enjoy, I kind of like having that copy to put on my shelf. And also I've just got a like a insane backlog. So not only that, but it is more expensive to buy an ebook than it is to buy a paperback. Yes. And I've never understood this. I don't know why it's $8 to buy a brand new paperback. Um, and it's, Twelve dollars to buy the same book um, on the tablet, or you know something there about. Either way, it's usually more expensive. And then when you add in, you know, like used bookstores, uh, which which we have a very good one around here, mm-hmm. it just becomes not worth it because then I can get it for you know four bucks, three fifty, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I hate to say it, but I actually like going to the used bookstore with my Amazon list and like. I enjoy the search. That mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but you know. Not at all. There's something. There's something too. You know that library esque feeling. But also, it's a primal uh, hunter gatherer thing. <laughs> yes, it probably is. But you, it, it just. You want to stalk through the uh, through the uh, aisles, and once you find uh, your target, to kill it with your bare teeth. Or your yellow trade credit. Yes. Same thing. Same thing. Um, You're a strange man. <laughs> no one ever said different. One thing that um, has really shined on the tablet for me, and, and I have to thank Charlie for this, is the app Pulse, which is basically an RSS reader. But it's sort of the RSS reader you never knew you wanted because it takes you to the articles and stuff. And you can read them from the tablet, and it's usually not from the main site. It's usually you know, like an RSS feed version of it, but... It's just very handy because you've got everything there. It's easy to look at. It's easy to refresh and get to. And oh yeah, the, I just really enjoy it. The um, <clears throat> and usually there's a link on there to go to the full yeah. to the whatever site to look at the full article. Yeah. The only the only one that I've ever had issue with, and this is one that may have come pre-programmed and I just kept it, but um, car and driver. For whatever reason, Car and Driver has a bad habit of once you try to go from Pulse into their site, it just not wanting to take you to the article. So I don't, I, but I don't know if it's something that I'm just missing or if there's something screwed up with that. But everything else, I have to say, has has worked really, really well. Yeah, and that's probably the number one app I, that comes to mind when I say, you know, it really shines on a tablet that I don't think it would work as well on a on a smartphone. Just True. because of of the size of the display and everything displays on on this uh, Nexus Seven, so yeah, the layout of it, at least I mean, granted, maybe 
for smartphones it's slightly different. I wouldn't imagine it is, but maybe it is. But the layout, um, yeah, really wouldn't work on a screen that small. Yeah. Um. Anyway, fairly late to the party on on having any meaningful tablet discussion, but. Uh, hey, but the the Nexus is new, so yeah. you can't speak to uh, to its performance. Exactly. Um. That that is the nice thing about it, was that the the tablet I got was a Nexus Seven, which is, you know, when I got it, it was it was still very new. I think I saw the first advertisement I had ever seen for it, like the you know the Monday after I got it. So it was kind of crazy. Um, the funny thing is, I think we all have Android tablets, yes. so yeah, they're a little bit more like I don't know what the model is for the iPad, but I don't know. It's it's a little more restrictive than using a laptop, but not much. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing I don't like about um, the way that this tablet works is the touch keyboard. I, I don't like it. Um, I really prefer the swipe keyboard that I have on my phone, and can't seem to get that for this. So, hmm. Yeah, I actually um I found this on Woot a while back, but I actually bought a Bluetooth keyboard for my tablet. So I think I haven't really had a chance to use it yet. Like I had a reason to, but I feel like you know if I want to write something that's not you know like if I'm not doing anything technical. Mm-hmm. I think that probably will ease the, you know, ease that gap between using a laptop and using a tablet. Right. I I do have that's one of the regrets I have from buying the one that I got is that I didn't go ahead and buy the keyboard attachment, even though it was, to my mind, still and probably still is ungodly expensive, um, compared to what I paid for the tablet itself. Yeah. But there are times when I really wish that I had the physical keyboard. I mean, I, I've gotten more use to using the the virtual keyboard. It's still not very. It's not still not incredibly intuitive for me. But um, I am getting better. And 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 the the one that I've got, the Asus uh, Transformer, has a. Re- I mean, I have to say, it's a really good um, virtual keyboard. I mean. But I guess it's just a getting used to it kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, it's sort of late to the party to have any real meaningful discussion on tablet technology. But speaking of late to the party, um, this weekend I got bored. Um, you know, because because sometimes you know when you play, especially when you're like me and you, you know, practice a lot of fighting games and things like that, and you go into training mode and just try and work on your execution and stuff. But sometimes you just kind of want to change it up a little bit and do something different. So uh, I knew that uh, Star Wars The Old Republic was going free-to-play this fall. Um, and I was, looking at, I was looking at the site to try and figure out exactly when the date on that was, and I saw that they had a free trial up to level 15. Well, I was like, well, you know, I've got nothing better to do. I'll go ahead and try it out and see if it's going to be worth my time to mess with it when it hits uh, free to play. And what were you playing this on? Uh, PC. Okay. Um, I think it's only out on PC, yeah, actually. See, so, yeah, I, I have no idea, so... Yeah. Um, and and I'd been intrigued by it because 
you know, basically, uh, I don't remember if I said it on the podcast or not, but I've said it in person a million times. I know where I said if it was anything close to, you know, what I wanted it to be, which was just Knights of the Old Republic with a MMO candy shell, then it was going to be an amazing game. And that's exactly what it is. Um, because, you know, if you never played Knights of the Old Republic, it's or any Bioware RPG. It's a little difficult to describe, but um, if you played along the while, you're not going to be lost because the interface and and a lot of the standard MMO mechanics are in place. Mm-hmm. But um, it goes so far beyond what I'm used to with WoW, which is I walk, walk up to a quest giver, a bunch of text appears, I ignore it, I hit accept, I go do the, the uh, quest, I go turn it in, I get stuff, rinse and repeat, mm-hmm. while I'm waiting to go into an instance. Um, Knights, uh, the Old Republic was designed not only to be an MMO and played in a traditional MMO style, but was also designed as a single-player experience where if your friends weren't on or you didn't have any friends that were playing the game, you could go and play through a single-player story. Well, that's what I did most of the time, was play through the story mode. And every single quest that you get is fully voiced. So you go talk to a quest giver, um, the game takes a a few seconds to load, but then it loads a, a conversation, you're talking, your character's fully voiced, they're fully voiced... Uh, like any Bioware game, you've got the different conversation options, which is usually in from top to bottom, good, neutral, bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I have noticed that. And that that's in every Bioware game. I, I mean, it's literally good, neutral, bad. Um, and you know, even if you start out um, on the um, Republic side, you can still be an asshole. Um, cool. So, uh, or, or I, I haven't played uh, on the Imperial side, but I imagine that you could, you know, be a, a goody two shoes to some degree too. But I think your alignment is largely disconnected from that. I mean, yeah, you can be an evil Jedi or a good Sith, I guess. But it's weird, know, man. The, we, I don't think we've played enough to see what the actual effects of that are, and I honestly haven't read much about the game, so I'm just experiencing it as I experience it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, what I have done is I've literally done all I can do but before either paying $15 until it, a month until it goes free to play, which I'm not going to do, um, mm-hmm. or just waiting, because I... I went through this character and I uh, got it all the way up to level 15 and as soon as I you know, breathe on something and get an experience point I'll roll over to level 16. I've maxed out all the professions which professions in this game work a lot better than they do in WoW where you have to go to a place that has you know, say mining and mm-hmm. you're, you, know, you can only mine things that are within your level that, that you're able to, you know, like... You this rock enough. is too strong for you. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the kind of bullshit you run into. But in uh, the Old Republic, you just send, uh, you know, you usually have a companion, you know, like a, another Jedi or a droid, um, and and you can basically tell them, hey, go do this um, quest. Mm-hmm. And they'll 
go away for like three minutes or something. You know, if you're running around in towns or stuff, it's it's really useful because you can level up your professions while you're going and doing something else. Oh, wow. Um, but I just, I really enjoy that. Um, mainly because it was just more Old Republic. And that's, I hate to say it, I, I've never been a... I like the movies, but I've never been like a, a very strong fan of the Star Wars movies, um, the the old trilogy or the new one. Um, although mm-hmm. you know, saying that you don't really care for the new one is kind of like saying I like Air. Um, True. You know, unless you're a kid. You know, yeah. If if you're a kid, you might like the the the, the newer ones. But as a kid, I never liked the old ones. I was like, hey, I want more lightsaber fighting, and you know. Then the the new trilogy came out when I was a teenager. I'm like, oh, this is gonna have more lightsaber fighting. And I was like, oh my god, this, this is terrible. You you don't and actually want more lightsaber fighting. No, I wanted more lightsaber fighting. I just didn't want to have to go through an hour and a half of uh, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman being absolutely fucking terrible together to get to it. Yeah. Um, really, you know, for me, it's the Gindy Tartakovsky uh, animated Clone Wars and. Knights of the Old Republic and the Old Republic, and that's it. That's the list. That's yeah. That's the Star Wars stuff I could sit there and and deal with forever. I can see that. Like I came in, I watched the movies first when I was in my early teens, and I, I played the old um, decipher, not decipher. Can't remember what company made it. The D six Star Wars West End Games Star Wars role playing game. Oh yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like in my mind what like my ideal Star Wars game looks like. I guess I'm. I I got into playing the Old Republic mainly because John did because um, just to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Very hesitant because I got tired. Like WoW became a second job to me. Not really, but. But yes, really. Yes, really. Like, not not in the sense that I spent all my time there. But in the sense the that sense, he's Chinese. But, but it, it, it feels that, like work. Yeah, like it feels like work. Um, and and so like I'm 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 approaching it very carefully, and like where you said you saw it as more Kotor with an MMO candy shell. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I see it with as an MMO with, you know, a Bioware candy shell, which is, which is good. But, you know, I, my problem is like when I play an MMO, especially since all MMOs are very, very heavily influenced by WoW now, I see the matrix. Like I go in and like, I very much feel like I'm on rails and, um, you know, I have to move from area to area to, to match my level. And, um, which, it's kind of jarring coming from, you know, playing Skyrim and, and having played Dragon Age and, and things like that. Well, Dragon Age and, and KOTOR are very much on rails. Um, yeah, well, okay, Skyrim. But yeah, they're, they're I, a little... They're a little le- the single-player games are a little less so than, than multiplayer. And, and I've had this discussion before. I, I like my RPGs to be more linear than, than right. open. I just... Like I want to have a direction. I want to get through the story. I want to get to the end. I want to be done with it. And that's that's one of the things I enjoyed about playing Old Republic was that 
there was a story I was interested. I was invested in it. Um, you know, I started to really like my character, even though it was just my avatar. I started to really like my character, probably because she had a voice, and you know, it was yeah. I was actually able to you know choose how she responded to to different situations and stuff. But um, wasn't it wasn't like WoW at all for me, and, and that always that always been a big criticism for me about WoW was that I just didn't care about the story. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can totally see that. It's not that it was. They did a lot of, of good stuff for the story in this. Like, um, you know, the fact that you have these story areas that you enter into and they're basically like instances, but there's no transition and they use them very liberally. Um, the fact that, you know, when you talk, you go into a, a cutscene so they can show you things that other players aren't seeing. Yeah. Um, it kind of lessens my problem with an MMO, which is you feel like you're retreading the same steps that, you know, a thousand other people have tread on the same server. I still, like I said, I still get that. And that's why, I mean, it feels like it's on rails, but I get it less so than I did with wow. And so I think they did a really good job there. Hmm. Yeah. And that, they also section off parts of the game for you. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're quote unquote story areas that once you enter them, you're in your own little world that's separate from everybody else. So that, that works hmm. as well. One thing I noticed, and I, and I think this probably has to do with the fact that KOTOR was originally, I believe, descended from Star Wars D20. I may be wrong about that. Or maybe, I, I know Bioware did some D&D games before that. Um, but it, the encounters to me very much felt like encounters. Like, I was not just randomly killing individual mobs. Right. Like, you kill a bunch of mobs, and then you loot one guy, and you get the treasure for the encounter. That, it, it seems that like was they, so helpful. Yeah. I've actually... I, I set up a trooper character and a smuggler, and, and what's interesting is the smuggler is kind of analogous to the, to the rogue, where you have, like, you have this cover mechanic that you can use that kind of acts like a separate stance, kind of acts like uh, sneaking, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but it, it kind of, it actually adds to that feeling of this being a real blaster battle instead of just, I'm going to stand here, fire some shots, you're going to fire back at me. Um, hmm. yeah. Actually, on the whole, I think they got the timing right uh, as compared to WoW, where, you know, there's, the cooldowns haven't been as painful as they were in Mile. Um, yeah, the cooldowns aren't aren't as bad, and the uh, and maybe it's just because I'm playing a, a melee based class instead of a mage. But yeah, you know, it, there's a very distinctive, especially you know if you're playing a, a fire mage in Mile, you cast fire blast and then you wait. Yes. <laughs> and then and then you cast several more spells and then you cast fire blast. And you wait because it's got a long fucking startup time. I'm not exaggerating. Well, I'm playing uh, the the consular, and I've got you know I've got some ranged spells, but they they activate immediately, mm-hmm. and um you know in between that I can use the saber. Even even as the smuggler, like the smuggler has a charge shot attack, but it's not it's not all that bad. Yeah, uh, it, it feels. And then we've only played a couple levels, but the the pacing definitely feels better. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
it's something that if you're at least curious I mean there's there's a free trial up to level 15 it's going completely free to play later this year there's absolutely no reason to not at least try it because even if you don't have anyone to play with you're still going to have a good time because there's a very very good story uh, storyline there hmm yeah. So uh, how how do they make money after they go free? Um, basically, microtransactions and additional content. Um, oh. I think the free-to-play goes up to like level 50, like the original content that was released, and uh. then expansions and stuff you pay for. Okay. I'm hoping, although I'm not holding out too much hope because Bioware is owned by EA, I'm hoping that they don't go too overboard with the yes. what-you-have-to-pay-for thing. Because in-game you have to pay for... Um, things like additional storage with in-game money. I'm hoping that they don't do stuff like that and turn it to where you pay with real money for stuff that you have to have to get through the game. Yeah, that... I'll, I'll be honest, that model always feels kind of scummy to me. It's extremely scummy. Like, even even in places where it's not, it always is. It, it always has that feeling. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it depends if they're trying to differentiate differentiate themselves from WoW. Or if they're actually kind of like, this is a last-ditch effort because you can't take down the juggernaut. Because, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's where, like, D&D Online, Lord of the Rings Online, a lot of these games, that's why they end up going free-to-play. Yeah, because I, I don't remember, because it's been free-to-play for a while, but I remember when Lord of the Rings Online did that. And I remember reading that they were incredibly successful financially after they made the Switch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's just, you know, it's it's an easier sell to let somebody play and see if they like it, and then if they really enjoy it, you know, yeah. I could see I could see myself, you know, paying for an expansion or something or two of you know like single player content in Old Republic. Yeah, especially it's better, especially if you don't have like the the mass that WoW has, like you know, come on, you have to play because literally everyone else you know is playing or, you know, something like that. And the one thing I do think that, that Old Republic has is that whole, you know, that the single-player component cannot be overstated as to how useful that is for an MMO type of game because if you don't know anybody or you don't know how to play, you're going to have a rough time in WoW. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Old Republic, if you don't know anybody, it's fine. Yeah, you can you can still have like I say you can still have a good time and figure things out on your own. You'll you'll ease into it yourself. For me, that remains to be seen, and I only say that because I soloed a lot in WoW, and yeah, but you know you, I'm I'm not even did not have any any kind of storyline to to go through with WoW. That is that, true. That makes all the difference. Also, I was a priest, which is not an easy class to solo with. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, um, I want to point this out. A lot of the problems I do have with with both freemium games and and like MMOs, there's a good video on extra credits uh, that came out today, like today as we're recording this. That I'll link in show notes that talks about you know systems like that that like require you to basically check periodically and play regularly. I don't know. Mm. It's it's just a good explanation of, of why that mechanic works and it kind of validates my thinking, so that's why I'm <laughs> mentioning it. Hmm. 
Alright, well, enough about enough about games that came out this time last year. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Dylan, did you want to talk a little bit about Dragon Con? Yes. Um, and he's done. No, I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too too deep on this. Um, I, I ended up um, this year. I ended up going to a lot of the bigger panels uh, than I have Apparently. in years past. I swear, I think you really did spend about fifty percent of the con in line. Well, your tweets and texts, and I'll be honest. Part of the reason I did it is because years past, I just like I haven't felt like dealing with people and you know like doing it so this year i did and i'm like yeah medication will do wonders it will and and this was like you know the (laughs) the 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 big finger to you know that you know but anyway yeah screw you anxiety stand in line um just like regular people anxiety i i actually i I came away wishing I had gone to a lot of the, of the smaller panels because there's always like awesome stuff you can go to. And if you go to, I hate to say it, if you go to the big name panels, yeah, you're going to see people in person that, you know, you've previously only seen on TV, but like you don't, I went to a panel um, about like the, the themes of heaven, hell and purgatory in Supernatural and the X-Files. It was run by, like, two college professors from the area. Wow. And that was freaking cool. Um, although, the you know, I went to the Warehouse 13 panel and the BSG panel, which both, you know, don't get me wrong, were really good, but, you know, it's always a little more hit or miss. You know, you're, you're going to see big-name stars, and you're going to, you know, basically spend three hours where you know, for a one hour panel. The one panel that was, uh, certainly worth going to was the venture brothers panel. Oh man. That's when I, uh, uh, that, that would make me regret not going. Have you heard? No, I but told I you about this. Okay. We're in 2007 when we went to watch the, the, where they were showing an episode and doing a live commentary. This was this was even better because they didn't do they did show some clips, but the way they set it up and they actually had like a video opening, they set it up as a seventies TV talk show called Let's All Smoking. <laughs> and so uh, you know the, the bit they, they started up the bit and uh, Jackson Public and uh, Doc Hammer came out and were playing like the hosts and James Urbaniak was the uh, the guest and you know. This whole bit about like, so you're on the Adventure Brothers, so you're this live action guy, and you go to into this magical cartoon world, and <laughs> you know just, just BSing, and you know that's awesome. And then the response was like, yes, yes, I I am on this show, and you guys are involved too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would like to have seen that. It was amazing. Uh, there's probably video online, but um, what what was great about the panel was using that format. They could literally and, and Doc Hammer kind of quashed some of the dumb dumber questions like, "Are we going to see this? Are we going to see that?" Whenever he didn't want to answer a question, he just you know, "Let's all smoking," and you know, <laughs> went over to the next person. Catchphrases, 
Um, <laughs> there's some speculation uh, whether he did that so he could use an electronic cigarette on stage to, you know, <laughs> keep himself evened out. I don't know. I, I like to think that that, enti- that an entire panel was organized around one man's addiction. Yes, but uh, Let's All Smoking, sponsored by Fresca. <laughs> was amazing. Uh, anyway. All oh, right. that's all I got because I don't want to drag it. out. I, I don't want to drag out uh, convention discussion that much. I I appreciate it because that's a that's a fun story, and I wish I'd been there for that. But God, I'm oh yeah, it so is. It is like tired of talking about conventions. <laughs> it was one of those events, like one of the gags you see on Adult Swim or whatever that they do. Except I was there watching it live. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, Charlie, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, to bring up? Hell no. Hell no. Not just no, but hell no. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, um, just briefly, because we could discuss this all night if we wanted to. Um, all night long. We had this discussion on Twitter. Um, Dylan, I. I would accuse you of having a habit of calling shows that are not necessarily fighting animes or, or you know, uh, being yeah. fi- fighting animes. And I believe what you mean by it is that the show tends to drag on and wander aimlessly. Um, much like the plot of, say, Bleach. Uh, which, to my knowledge, has no plot. It's just a random assemblage of uh, Spanish words and uh, pretty boys. See, for a second, I thought you were describing Dot Hack. Uh, Dot Hack uh, has a story. You just have to go uh, watch the anime, then play the games, then watch a different anime, and it's all over the fucking place. You I want to no clear something up. On. It's not that Bleach doesn't have a story. It doesn't. It's that Lucky it, if you think it does. It's that it used to have a story, and then they decided... No, 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 no. no. Bleach used to try to rip off Yu Yu Hakusho. Thank got you. Got bored okay. and went off in a different so, direction. So technically, Yu Yu Hakusho had a story, then Bleach decided they wanted to have Yu Yu Hakusho's story, and then just screwed it up royally. They got to the That's point a- where uh, um, Ichigo's dad was a soul reaper, they said, okay, we finally ripped off Yu Yu Hakusho all the way to the end. Now what? <laughs> Dark tournament. No, wait. Uh... <laughs> no, we did that. Fuck. How long did it take them to get there? Too damn long. Like you 100 know, episodes or here's, something? Here's the thing. When did Ichigo get new shoes? I remember a time when we used to make fun of Dragon Ball Z, which has, you know, like 270-something episodes for being too long. Yes. Or Inuyasha for being too long. And we still do. But Bleach and One Piece and Naruto all blow that shit out of the fucking water. Agreed. In terms of episodes. I mean, just well, sheer it, mass. At least you can give Dragon Ball Z the credit for being there much earlier than the other than, than those other three. Yeah, it was it was there first, but oh my god. 
I think maybe we're we're hating on Bleach, and and we 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 should be talking about the the original subject. Not that I don't oh. love hating on Bleach, but uh, um, on Hulu they're up to let's see, three hundred forty. No, they're oh my that, god, like three sixty six is the latest episode. Three hundred sixty six episodes. They've gone full circle and are starting over. I want this, <laughs> you know. I, I want this show to end with one of the characters saying, you know, wow, that was quite a battle. What do you call all 300 episodes? The aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would prefer uh, 366 episodes of whale song followed by the last episodes. Am I going, what? <laughs> yes. Oh, so anyway, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the entire series ends up being a dream sequence in the mind of an autistic child. No, it's. A, I, I hope, hope that he... when they get to the end of the series, uh, Bob Newhart wakes up <laughs> next to Suzanne Pochette. No, Actually, next yeah. to uh, what's his name from Dallas. Actually, you know how, how that worked perfectly. You you follow the you know you have Yu Yu Hakusho wake up. <laughs> Next to Bob Newhart. Yes. Sure, and the whatever. Guy, between Bob Newhart and the guy from Dallas. <laughs> oh. oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> our, our, our internet. the weirdest dream. Uh, my name was Ichigo, and I was basically the same dude, but I wore like a dress thing. It turns out Bleach was the name of his sled as a child. <laughs> Oh, oh, Jesus! So anyway, fighting anime. <laughs> yeah, fighting. I, 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 I think that's a fair criticism because I use it because I, I am talking about shows like Dragon Ball Z. There, there's a specific template, but there are definitely like, if pressed, I can point out the tropes I don't like. Yeah, and to to be fair, the reason I I talk about fighting anime is actually I am, I actually tend to like shows that do less fighting and less crazy fighting. Um, See, there's, there's kind of a difference. Um, you can have a really strong action show. It it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a fighting, a fighting anime can be any anime that has fighting with it, and conflict drives a lot of, of storylines. I mean, it just does. It does, but I think, and, and again, all of this is personal preference. All, all of it, you know, is personal preference, and I am talking about a certain set of tropes that kind of go together. But it, it just, you know, for example, it's why I don't, I can't watch shows, like I don't watch a lot of giant robots for the sake of giant robots, but, you know, you give me something like Evangelion or Big O or Razafon, and there's less fighting like you take an average episode of evangelion it's not like i don't even know that you they fight in every episode do they no they don't i mean you know and and i guess that's my approach to that's why i talk about fighting anime but but yeah it mostly is like the show that uses like new fighting moves and new factions of fighters as and and arcs. and my point in this discussion was is that you can say the exact same things about a show like uh, Pokemon 
True. And I would. Honestly. Or uh, Prince of Tennis. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> That is exactly what Prince of Tennis is. It is a, you know, tennis version of Dragon Ball Z. They replaced swords with tennis rackets, but I think they pretty much I think they were I think they were actually building a show that was a straight, you know, shonen fighting anime, and then someone said, "Wait a minute, I got a great idea. Tennis rackets." And they left everything else exactly the same. Maybe. I yep. can, I can kind of see that. Um, but it's it's not exclusive to fighting animes. Like uh, th- right. this is my biggest problem with uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is at the end they do that they break out this you know like reverse transmutation circles and uh, spoiler uh, Egg gets his arm back and then he's doing super alchemy you know he's he's throwing up these flaming towers that he couldn't before you know five minutes ago when it would have been way more useful and uh, you know things wouldn't be so dire that's exactly what i'm talking about like um you know it's basically the template is driving the story by adding new mechanics whether that is new tennis serves whether that is new pokemon whether that is new fighting moves i mean even you know like i said about all the giant robot shows like Big O actually was an example I threw out. It's got a lot of fighting in it, but the fighting is not the main point. And, and I believe mm. you hit you hit it on on the head exactly. It's not that uh, conflict drives the story because conf, you know physical conflict drives right. many many stories. It's the fact that they just randomly throw out new mechanics, right? For for I, although, the sake of making the main character more powerful. Yeah, and. I, I could get into the to why I prefer it, but I, I think that's probably as far as we need to go. I, I almost think it's a subjective distinction because, like you say, you can use physical contact or physical conflict. Conflict? Conflict. Con something. Conquest. Um, you can use it in good ways and bad ways or, or in ways that I like or I don't like. Um but you kind of have to say, like, I can't give you a definition, but I, I can tell you what it is when I see it. Right. Um, like pornography. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, my, my challenge to anyone who's listening is we need to come up with a better set of terminology for this. Um, may, maybe maybe bleaching. I don't know. You're not looking <laughs> for, like, a troll answer, like, we should call this crap. <laughs> no, I'm looking for a legitimate term too. for a conversation. Yeah. Yes. And if anyone can, I, and I would like someone to hey, suggest I'm, too, uh, I'm just following a, the, like a show that follows all the exact same tropes as what we've been describing for like fighting anime slash shonen. Yeah. I don't know. Well, fine. I, just, I killed the conversation. Fuck y'all. Anyway, <laughs> um, I wanted, you know, we're we're getting close to. Uh, around an hour-ish, not quite. But, um, there's one thing that, uh, again, we can thank Charlie for this. We can technically thank Neil Gaiman, but I don't follow Neil Gaiman, so Charlie retweeted this and uh, came Woo-hoo, across this. Yay, me. Um, there is a product. Uh, you can buy it at Walmart or you know wherever uh, pens are sold. They are Bic for Her pens. Now, there is nothing special about these pens, and, and Jen had the hardest time wrapping her head around this. She's like, 
Okay, so what's special about them? I said nothing. There's nothing special <laughs> about them. They are pink and purple, but they are just pens. Okay, there's nothing special about them, but they are marketed for her. Um, and that was their big mistake. Like, if they'd put out pink and purple pens, great. Women would buy them, whatever. But because they specifically called them for her. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they, they're just pens. They, they are fucking pens. But the reviews on Amazon, uh, I believe this is the UK Amazon. Yes, it uh, was. But the reviews for this are amazing. Um. And I wanted to uh, to read a few selections. There is one I've been trying to find that I, I can't, but uh, let's see. Uh, this is a five-star review for it. Revolutionary article. Must buy. This pen is great. I bought it for all my female friends and relatives. Enabled them finally to write things, although they may not uh, yet know how to do so on paper, but you can only expect so much, really. <laughs> I thought they were just a bit slow. My mother, a hard-working woman who raised 12 kids single-handedly whilst doing all the ironing, as nature intended, <laughs> was furtively abashed by her illiteracy. Long would she gaze upon her husband and son's scrawlings and would dedicate five minutes a day, which he really should have spent making sandwiches, to pray that one day she would be granted the ability to create such scribbles of her own. She's still a little slow on the uptake, but this product has definitely helped start the ball rolling. We tried to give her men's pens, but she used to rip out the ink cartridges and drink the ink. Typical woman. <laughs> anyway, it's good that Bic is finally doing something to aid the plight of women. Hopefully a range of four of her paperclips is on the horizon. My wife has an awful time keeping her recipes together. Wow. Um, but wait. There's more. Um, I'm trying to scroll through these. There is one, and I can't find it, but it was one of my favorites. Uh, I'm just going to try and go from memory, but it said, um, you know, yeah, it was smooth glide enough, but it didn't remove any hairs, and it left blue streaks <laughs> up and down my legs. Not your best work, Vic. <laughs> oh, I, I think this is great. Like, a company does something sexist. And the best way is not to shout them down. It's to make fun of them. Oh. Although, here's the thing I wonder. How many pins did they sell ironically? Like, this may have actually benefited them. Um, yeah. I, I know that when we saw them, uh, I bought a set for Jen. Oh, so there's yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and, that, and it begs the question, does that mean that all the rest of Bic's pins are for men by default? <laughs> that's, that's the the supposition because because I'll be honest I would like to see a line of Bic for men where the pens are coated in either leather or sandpaper or nails or broken glass there are several reviews here to that effect um, I, they've dropped the ball on this here, here's another good one uh, I tried these on a whim and I have to say I wasn't very impressed the applicator mechanism is far too fiddly, and the plastic tampon oh, inside far too thin, not to mention uncomfortable and non-absorbent. I'm sure there must be a knack to using them, but I couldn't find it. They also stained my knickers blue for some reason. I really wanted to like these, but it's back to pads for me. Some of these, uh, when I first started reading these, Charlie... I would stay up for about half an hour every night just laughing my ass off. Um, that is so awesome. 
you know, just a- any time that you're feeling down, just go to Amazon UK and read some of these reviews because they are uh, they're amazing. This this is another fun one. Uh, the grip is good. I've had a few problems with the pen slipping out of my dainty, fragile fingers despite my lack of physical strength. The length of the pens is fine, but I found the girth somewhat lacking. There's no <laughs> options to select different speeds. Also, I could not get the battery compartment open. <laughs> I'm not sure why they sell them in boxes of 12. Don't think I could handle that. Like the color. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's fantastic. What I love about the reviews, though, a lot of them is the default way to make something sound sexist is to talk like, you know, you're from the early, you know, 1900s. Well, yeah. I just love the thought that, you know, in 50 years, how are people going to talk to uh, sound sexist? Are they going to sound like a woman's magazine or a men's magazine? Are they going to sound like a, uh, are they going to talk like a romance novel? Are we all going to laugh at that? Oh, um, that will be amazing. Thank you for reminding me. Speaking of men's magazines, this is another thing I wanted to talk about when we were talking about, uh, you know, coming late to the party. Yes. Um, GameSpot a few days ago re- uh, reported that um, there are rumors that G4, uh, known for once having video game programming, and <laughs> now has a Adam Sessler list X play and a Kevin Pereira list uh, attack of the show, um, is going to be rebranding itself, uh, possibly completely changing its name, and uh, going towards a men's magazine type of channel. I imagine they're just going to. Uh, Rip off Spike? You rip off Spike some more, yes. Um, So that was one of those things where uh, I said on Twitter, you know, know, GameSpot bringing you uh, news, you know, from 2006. Yeah, because this has pretty much already happened. Yeah, this this is really just them making it official. Because they they made that bed when they uh, stopped showing, you know, like, Cheat and uh, Judgment Day and... uh, Mm -hmm. Are yeah. you saying, perhaps, that Adam Sessler and uh, Kevin Pereira were fleeing a sinking ship? Uh, I would say that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yep. Wow. Of course, uh, Adam Sessler had a lot on his plate as president of uh, video game programming at G4, and by that I mean president of X-Play. <laughs> was that really his title? That was his title, was president of video game programming at G4, and that was when the only show they had was fucking X-Play. Wow. And they they just made him king of his own little castle. Wow. That's that's demeaning. <laughs> demeaning to who? Morgan Webb? I mean, doesn't she get a say in this? Apparently not. They gave her some bick for her. She, and... Exactly. Here's the thing. She can you've figure got a situation, out how to use it. You've got a situation like that in the workplace. You don't want to be the last one out to turn off the lights. She's a company woman. Uh, I think they should just let Blair Herder do it. He's a Johnny-come-lately. Let him go down with the ship. <laughs> oh. I never found him funny to begin with. Uh, I like the idea that at some point, all of G4 will just be him. Yeah. Every Screw show. It. Why don't you just run another uh, episode of Cops? I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Screw I, that, you guys, that, I'm going home. 
that is how it will end. He will hit the tape to play one last episode of Cops, and he will turn <laughs> the lights off as he leaves the building. And G4 will be reborn as whatever horrible thing it's going to be reborn as, whatever. No, I, th- I think how it will end is it will end with... Uh... Blair Herder being possessed by an evil spirit, smashing his head into the uh, mirror in the bathroom, and then just saying, how's Annie, until he goes off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was a old reference. I went through, and uh, somebody posted a a link of, like, 20 memorable TV endings. And one thing that I had seen but didn't remember was how... uh, uh, the old TGIF comedy uh, dinosaurs ended with a uh, very grim nuclear holocaust where Earl killed everyone, including his baby. Even though you know that all happens off screen, but really, yeah, he started the Ice Age. Huh? You know, because he worked for That's... you know that really corrupt company that just did whatever it wanted, and then he ended up you know just like trashing the environment. It became like this huge environmentalist thing. That's. That's... Wow. Go, go back awkward. On, go back on YouTube. Check out Dinosaur's Last Scene or something like that. And, uh, yeah. That is dark. Not, dark the, not the mama. <laughs> Darkest sketch. There's a lot of dark TV endings, and I kind of I enjoy that. Like, I kind of enjoy going back and seeing some of these and being like, wow, they really did that. Because I can say it for the hell of it, you know what was really sad? The ending for Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yes, it was. He never went home. Yeah. Even though he found the ability to do so. Yeah. That's a weird one. And he met God. It is it was a weird he episode. He fixed Al's first marriage. It was a really, really weird episode. And then Al became Hope we didn't spoil it for anybody. Yeah, and then what? Al became a whiny Cylon. That show was on, you know, like I don't know, twenty fucking years ago. If you don't know how it ended now, I I have no sympathy for you. I'd like to think Basil was catching up, had not finished it. It's on the last season, and then here's this. Actually, Dinosaurs is on Netflix now. Oh, well. Patrick mentioned that. I saw Mike actually just tweet about that. So, uh... That is a horrible thing that should not be. Uh... Everyone remembers not the mama and all that stuff. No one remembers the nuclear winter. Nope. But they will. But they will. <laughs> they will now. We they're, they're gonna watch them. No, they're gonna watch that and uh, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Wow. Well, we've killed another perfectly good hour. Yep. Yes, we have. I well, appreciate everyone uh, joining us for this uh, hour of frivolity. Um, be sure to check us out on uh, Twitter at Chainsaw Buffet and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Chainsaw Buffet. And uh, I think we're on YouTube as ChainsawBuffet.com, one word, the dot is spelled out. So uh, until next time, everybody.